0: You're listening to an audio sermon from Hope Bible Church Kelowna. For more information about our church, please visit hopekelowna.ca. Let's pray together. And God, we come before you, and we come to you as the exalted King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And no matter what grave, no matter what burden, no matter what trial, no matter what fear, no matter what is coming on the horizon, our God is greater, our God is stronger, he is mightier, he is majestic and powerful and all-knowing, all-loving, and God, we come before you and we humble ourselves before you this morning in your word, and we pray that you would be lifted up just as as, as On that day, you were lifted up on the cross, and we believe, and we believe, and we believe with all our hearts that all who turn, all who look upon Jesus are saved and are with him forever, and we come to that truth, and we know that Jesus was lifted up on that cross. He was lifted up three days later from the grave. He was lifted up and ascended into heaven. He was lifted up through the preaching of the word of God, and he's lifted up through our praise and our worship, even from the depths And so, God, today, would you do a work in each one of us? Would you come alive once again in a dead, dying soul, in a hurting soul, in a joyful, praising soul? Oh, God, come alive in each one of us that we would be filled with your praise, but that by the end of our time here together in unison, we would say, God, you are so good. You are so good. But there's a journey to get there, and we're thankful that we have your word and your instruction to get us there. And would you work by your spirit through your word here this morning, we ask. And all God's people said, amen. Amen. may be seated. Can you get me some Kleenex? All right, ushers are coming forward. They have Bibles. Thank you very much. I got it, Haley, so we're good. Thank you. Turn in your Bibles to John chapter 3. Ushers are coming forward in live stream as well as in the main theater here um, with Bibles. We would love everyone to have a copy of God's Word in your hand this morning. we love for you to have it in your hand and in your life throughout the course of the week and, and, um, and, and so you can turn to John chapter 3. Just a little update, yesterday we had a time together, uh, elders and staff and spouses together for a day of prayer a day of seeking the lord a day of discussion a day of just kind of direction setting and just looking to see what God is doing and, and, and just trusting him for more and uh, continue to pray for uh, Hope Bible Church and, and just that we would follow God's leading and direction in all areas of our lives, in our families, that we would be intentional in our relationships, intentional in discipleship, and yet called to the mission that God has called us to be a part of in taking his name out, taking his name to this city, this region, this... Um, province, this nation, and this world. And, uh, and and another thing, too, is we keep hearing about the coronavirus and the different fear and different things like that. Just so you know, we are in just kind of discussions talking, and it's becoming a little more real that we just have to kind of be looking forward, not forward in excitement, but looking ahead in in, in just what could end up happening. And and we trust the Lord, and, and we believe, in, and I trust that, hey, people who are filled with fear, they would be moved. To faith in Jesus Christ, because He is our hope, instead of uh, of people um, in 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 aspects of of trembling that that they would turn to trusting our Lord, and and uh, and, and that this would even be a time that, that that our nation, our world would see that Jesus is our only hope for life and also uh, for eternity. And so, this morning we're getting started. Um, today marks five weeks, five weeks, five weeks. Today. And um, in in other ways, 35 days until Easter Sunday, the greatest day in history. Something we get excited about, something that we look forward to here at Hope. One of the things that we enjoy doing, and some might find it cheesy, but I find it awesome, is we have a cheer. We have, like, you get all excited at football games and hockey games and, you know, our kids' sports. And even if they don't play well, we cheer hard. Well, we cheer hard on Easter Sunday for the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, the greatest victory in history history and so we're getting ready to celebrate and and we're entering now into a season of preparation getting ready for it so we can prepare for this and 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 so we're starting a new message series called gloriously generous as we take a look at certain snapshots of God's glorious generosity through the book of John culminating on Easter weekend for our celebration together and and so today when you came into the main theater as well as in the live stream you should have received one of these and you can take and fold it in half and, and, and take that home with you. If you didn't get one, they'll be on the table on in, in both live stream and main theater when you go out. And this is kind of a, a way to unite us, to bring us together. Preparation for Easter, you could call it as it is a journey through the book of John. And it is a, a reading guide that starts tomorrow. So it doesn't start today, it starts tomorrow. And encourage you to read day after day after day in unity together with the body of Christ. You may do it individually, you may do it as a couple, you may do it as uh, a family, Family. you may do it as a, a group of, of people maybe even in your small group you will take and read that reading for the day and discuss the questions in the back and 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 just allow this to be a season of preparing and looking through the book of John, seeing God's glorious generosity to us and how that propels us to live generous lives uh, with those around us. And so in reading this, it, perhaps you aren't um, regularly doing your God time, maybe it's been a long time since you've been spending time in God's word, something we encourage in the 5G life to be into the word of God, be in the word of God daily. It is our, it is our muscle food, it is our protein, it is our strength, it is our encouragement, it is our joy be in the word of god and so maybe this will help kickstart your your god time and and if you're regularly in your god time this will just be addition this will probably take 10 to 15 minutes and in the light of a day i'm sure we can sit down you say i'm just too busy we'll sit down you come and book an appointment with me and we will look for a 15 minute window in your week um and and with that first thing we'll cancel your netflix account your prime account your you know whatever else that 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 it could be that's taking more than 15 minutes so Um, in that way and just trust that this will just be a great kickstarter in in your own life for families but also for us as a church that we would spur one another along in this. And so groups, in your group times this week, be reminding, encouraging one another in this way. And then on Sundays today and, and through Easter, uh, through to Easter, uh, Lord willing, the plan is to touch down on different passages in the book of John where we see God's glorious generosity towards us. And so my prayer over the next five weeks, over the next 35 days for us as a church and, and something we were even praying about yesterday is, God, would we see your glorious generosity, would we see the way that you spared nothing for this sick and dying and pathetic world in so many different ways, and you came, and and that we would then respond in worship, in praise, in, in a glorious generosity to those around us and especially for Easter weekend, one of the things we're trusting the Lord for, we are, are in one of the smaller theaters right now, we are trusting and we are looking at the possibility of doing live stream in the next largest theater, and so there's another 120 seats in there, and and that you will be praying and inviting um, friends, family, neighbors, people who don't know the Lord, you invite them Easter Sunday, and we're going to fill two theaters, Lord willing, and, and hear the gospel and bring them so that they can uh, perhaps even on that day give their lives to Jesus Christ don't have to wait for that day today can be the day of salvation and I trust that it is um, any Sunday every Sunday we love the gospel and love to proclaim the gospel truth but this is a prayer this is a prayer from first John chapter 3 verse 1 for this series and for this season we're going into that that we would see what great love the father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God oh would that be our prayer that through this series through your time in the book of John as we are going through our day we would just See the great love the Father has lavished. I love that word from the NIV. Lavished on us that we should be called children of God. And then in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 16, where it says this, and, and this is another prayer, that according to the riches of his glory, that he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith that be you being grounded and rooted in love may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to all the fullness of God. Would we be praying that for one another? Would we be praying that in our own lives because we need it, that we would be filled with all the fullness of God, that we would come to a new and a fresh understanding of his love, his mercy, what he has done for us and that together is Hope Kelowna, and if you're visiting here with us today, um, we pray that this would then be the reality now to Him who is able to do far more abundantly than all we ask or think, far more abundantly. This doesn't mean dollar signs. This is more and more of God in our lives. When we have Him in a greater way, we have need of nothing else. But to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all we ask or imagine according to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen. That is our prayer. And so now as we start off this series, we're going to look at one of the most recognized passages of Scripture. In, in fact, it, it's kind of interesting because this verse, or at least the reference, is oftentimes found in some of the strangest places. As, as you will see here in in the picture that we have, we 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 will see it in um, you know at, at sporting events, someone holding up the sign John 3:16 forever 21. A clothing store has John 3:16 on 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 their bags as as they are being taken with clothing outside of the store. And just a reminder, John 3:16. Athletes will put on their face people get tattoos of John 3.16. It's even on a menu, a Malaysian, is that Malaysian delights, John 3.16, don't know what that's about. But even on In-N-Out burgers, on their little cups they have, the little reference on the inside um, or the bottom rim of their cup. And, and, and so we, we hear this verse, we see this verse, and and, and oftentimes we just kind of think, well, it's a good verse to know, and it gives comfort, and, and, and it's so easy to know and remember, it's one of the first verses that we, we you know hear and we hear it often in church. But, but I like what John Piper had to say about it. This verse is not just for beginners, but, but it is high-level, high-voltage shock therapy for us all. It is for marriage struggles, it is for single struggles, it is for teenage struggles, he goes on to say. So oftentimes we see this verse, we quote it, we breeze over it, but we don't take time to dwell in it richly, to dwell deeply into this truth. And this verse of John 3.16 is not just for salvation. It is not just what the truth that ultimately applied to our lives transforms and changes us. It is also for our, our growth. It is a spark plug for our continual growth, our sanctification to become more and more like Christ. And so it is a crucial verse. And today, if you are not a follower of Jesus Christ, I hope that today this verse would come alive through the power of the Holy Spirit and you would respond, you would cry out and say, I believe. And today, that would be the most important decision you could ever make. It's life changing, it's eternity altering. And today, if you are a follower of Jesus Christ, that you would leave here marveling in a greater way at the love of the Father, the love of the Son, their love, their generosity, their giving of themselves, and we would be in a greater way, each one of us dialed into in a greater way our great and our wonderful God. Because you see, so oftentimes what happens, our default position is this. We're always being focused on and hyper-aware of what we don't have. Right? Look what they have. How come I don't have that? Look at that marriage. Look at those kids. Look at that house. Look at that car. And and there's this, this default kind of discontent within each one of us, always feeling that somehow we deserve better. But when we see the love that our God has lavished, that he's given to us, we would be all of a sudden transformed in our thinking to see how blessed and how wonderful our great God is and it would cause us to uh, to worship Christ, to walk with Christ, to, to work for Christ with greater joy, with enthusiasm and devotion, that we would even worship Christ even when it is hard, even when it is difficult, even when life doesn't make sense. We would put Christ back on the rightful throne because we would see how gloriously generous he has been to us. But sadly, our worship and our walk Our worship of Christ, our walk with Christ, our work for Christ can often just be like a checklist, kind of relieve the conscience a little bit, or you know we have to do things to kind of ease our guilt or to make us maybe appear or look spiritual, and it's a checklist rather than a response to God's great love for us. And so this morning, we're going to dig into this great verse, and we're going to see how gloriously generous our great God is. And so just follow along as you're looking at the word of god because there's there may be things you may want to underline in this great and amazing verse if it's not underlined already and i'm going to read it, read it and then we're going to read it some more and then we're going to read it some more today all right for god so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but but will have eternal life now to now to fully understand this verse in the context in which it is written We're gonna back up to verse one of John chapter three and there is this man by the name of Nicodemus who comes to Jesus and look at verse one, it says, now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. Now Nicodemus according to history, secular history, was more than likely one of the top three wealthiest men in all of Jerusalem. He was a teacher of the Jewish law, part of the elite group of the Pharisees, and possibly one of the most, at least on the top list of well-respected teachers in Judaism in the day. He was well-known. He had finances. He had power. He had privilege. And despite all of this, he had no assurance of heaven. He had no understanding of yet what it was like to be reconciled with God. He did not believe or understand or feel any sort of relationship that he had with God. It was all out of duty. It was a bunch of do's and don'ts and he knew them inside and out. And we see here in this passage as you read through the first part of John chapter 3, he's filled with angst about his eternal state but he's also filled with fear. And and we see in verse two, it tells us that he went to Jesus at night. Why did he go at night? Because he didn't want to be seen. He didn't want others to see and and to know. He had pride, but he had some fear issues. He was afraid that he may not truly know God. And he was also afraid, he was prideful that others might see him. And so he sneaks off to come and meet with Jesus. And he comes to Jesus. and, and, And this is the great thing that Jesus, he's accessible anytime morning, noon, night, he's there. And he was there to meet Nicodemus. And as he comes to Jesus, he is convinced, as we see in, in, in the story here, he's convinced that Jesus is a teacher sent from God because of the miracles Because of the authority that Jesus had, he just knew there was something different about this guy. And perhaps Jesus could answer his questions. And so he wants some peace. He wants some satisfaction. He wants some hope and some joy. He wants forgiveness. He wants to be a different man. A different man. He's dead on the inside. His religious works have not changed him. It's just flatlined him. He's just kind of existing. He's just going. And he comes to Jesus and he's wondering what's missing. And maybe this teacher from God could put, point him in the right direction, could tell him one more legalistic or, or religious activity that he could do to kind of make that final step to finally feel like he has peace with God, to seal the deal, so, so to speak, to get some peace for his troubled soul. And I believe that there are many people who even attend church today who can be in the same place as Nicodemus. We can be religious. We can make a profession even with words and yet if it has not captured our heart we're still dead on the inside, and we're still wondering, there's got to be more. There's got to be more. And so we get on the spiritual, religious uh, uh, treadmill, and we start running, and we just think, well, if I do this, and I run harder, and I go faster, and I don't give up, and I keep going, I'm finally going to... Finally, that No, what's going to happen is you're eventually going to get tired out, and that treadmill is going to keep going. Whip! You whip it right off. I love seeing those videos, especially of animals getting on there. It's awesome Just see, you know, even some humans at, at times. That, that can be rather comical, but... And all of our religious running around and duty just ends up leaving us, feeling like the far end of the treadmill smashed into the wall. So here's Nicodemus. He had it all as far as position, as far as power, as far as resources. And yet, Jesus tells him, you've got to cancel it all out. You've got to see it as... Is rubbish, is nothing. The Apostle Paul was in a similar state a number of years later. And Jesus tells him, you need a divine miracle from heaven. You need to start over. You need to be born again. You need to be made fresh and clean from the inside out. You've been trying to make yourself fresh and clean from all the outside external busyness and religious activity. You need a new birth. You need to be born again. And just like you and I contribute nothing to our physical birth, we contribute nothing to our spiritual birth. Our spiritual birth is so much like our physical birth. The first contribution I made in my birthing process, my parents tell me this, was after the doctor spanked me and I started to cry. That was my first step, was a cry. And some of you say, he obviously didn't spank you hard enough, Meldon. And, and that might be true. But when he spanked, and apparently he had to, because I was just this docile creature. I was, you know, some things don't change, or maybe they do. I don't know. And when I, I cried out, and I was alive, my lungs were able to, and, and he did it for a reason, so that, so that I, I would come alive, like my lungs would start to breathe, and, and, and I was now truly alive on the face of this earth. I had life, and I could breathe, and I could do this on my own. And the same is true in our spiritual life. It is started, it is initiated, and we are born again by a work of the Holy Spirit. Their conversation builds all the way up to verse 16. That brings us to this most amazing verse that displays God's love towards us. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. So let's zoom in on this verse a little bit here. First of all, you may want to write this down, encourage you to do so. The motive, the motive for the salvation that he offers. The motive is love. It's God's love. For God so loved. And, and first of all, we see God. This is God, the creator, the sustainer of the universe. He's not just a mere force or higher power. It drives me nuts when people talk about God in that way. It's like you obviously do not know the God of the Bible. Because the God of the, power, of the Bible is not just some light source or energy source, some higher power. But he's personal. He has emotion. He, he feels, and he thinks, and he loves, and he's a moral God, and he deals with us in terms of even our right and our wrong. And even though we were made by him in his image, we rebelled against him. We have all sinned against a holy God, and a result of that is that we are heading hopelessly, helplessly, and even in many ways joyously away from God, because sin is fun. Sin is a blast. You see it all the times on social media. You see it in Hollywood. You see it in the movies. You see it at school. You see it on the beaches. It looks like it's fun and it's bla- you're having a blast, but it's like sugar. It's a short burst and then you crash. And with sin, you crash and you crash eternally. If it isn't for Jesus Christ and His love and His grace. And God so loved this world that he set his love on the world. And and second of all, the object of his love. The object of his love is the world. For God so loved the world. A world of people who rejected him. He loved a world of people who want nothing to do with him. And yet he has set his affection on the world. God's love for the world is demonstrated in something that we call common grace. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 45, it says the sun shines, he makes the rain fall on the just and the unjust. That's common grace. On those who do good and those who do evil. Just think about it, the very breath that we breathe. The vacations that we get to enjoy, the friends whose laughter that we get to be able to just have these good old belly laughs with, the successes that we have, the satisfactions, the wonderful things that God has given us, the scenery that we get to enjoy in his beautiful creation. It's not just for those who love him, it's even for those who are hostile towards him. That's his grace, that's his love that he's bestowed on this world. This world we get to explore, all of his gifts of common grace falling on good people and on evil people. Even for our nourishment, just think about it. He could have made it so that we'd get nourished by like eating dirt or just something super bland, but oh no, 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 no. He's given us taste buds to enjoy things like my favorite fruit, cherries. Four months away from being able to see my daughter doing this once again, and, and, and being able to enjoy them, these little balls of sugar that are juicy, and his generosity to, to allow us to be able to enjoy, well, in moderation and everything, right? A few too many cherries, just, you know, maybe not so good, or, or juicy peaches. My second favorite fruit that that come about a month later, and this was from this last summer's harvest, and you bite into those, and and, and there's one orchard that we found, I'm telling you. You bite into it, and you just better wear an old shirt, and you better bring some kind of wipes, because your arm is going to be just all sticky and gooey, and it's going to explode on your shirt. You take a bite, and it just... And we get to enjoy. Whether you worship God, or you don't, this is his common grace. I could get going and talking about all kinds of food here. We could start a culinary show, you know, or, or a service here and just talk about, oh. <laughs> that'll be for later on that we can enjoy some food. That's why, you no, know, anyways, uh, stay on focus, Melvin, stay on focus. There is nothing that we enjoy here on this earth that hasn't been given to us by God everything he has given for our pleasure, for our enjoyment. I could even start talking about sex. What an... He could have made procreation just like touch belly buttons with each other's fingers and that's it, you know? No, he... Anyways, I'll stop. Um, For God so loved the world, his common grace that has come to all people, and there's all of this that we get to enjoy... Most religions, their gods, their leaders only love certain kinds of people. Certain people who do certain things and do it the way that their gods want or demand. But God's love is for the world. All nations, all tribes, all tongues, all languages. The book of Revelation tells us. That one day we will gather and there will be every tribe and tongue and nation. And I can't wait for potluck nights in heaven. How awesome will that be? Our God so loved this world. He turned his love towards this world. And, And I love that word so. Underline that word so. Because you could just say, you know, for God loved the world. But that word so has so much meaning to it. He so loved the world. There's oomph. There's depth. There's meaning to that word, and and that so means he loved this world in this way to such degree that he what he gave his only son. And we see the action. We see the action. The giving of his son, that he gave his only son. He gave. He gave. He gave. You know, it's interesting. You can go on the Forbes website at any time. Don't do it now, but you can do it later on this afternoon. Um, you can go on the Forbes website, and, and there you can get a real-time listing of the richest people in the world. And the first one that you see here, it's, it might be a little hard to read, but it's today's winners and lo- losers. And so every day that the stock market is open, you end up seeing who had the big wins and who had the big losses when it came to the money markets, and, and, and what millionaire or billionaires went up, and which ones went down, and it shows their, their rate of progress. Then there's also another uh, screen that they have, and I, we can move on to this. is is the real-time billionaires list, and and this is again a running kind of listing of the billionaires in in this world, and and it's quite fascinating. And and you will see that the number one person, and has been this way for a little while now, is Jeff Bezos. He is the CEO of Amazon. His, his net worth a few days ago was a cool 116. billion dollars, and you say, "Well, I'd take that 0.9." You know, the only 0.9 that I would, yeah, I I would, you know, gladly welcome a 0.9 of a billion. Now, when you read about Jeff Bezos, he seems quite generous, and but I do understand he's in um, divorce court, and all of a sudden it could could propel his ex-wife to become a very wealthy person, and maybe he would drop. I don't know how that's all going to work out for him. But Jeff Bezos, in 2019 gave almost $100 million to 24 different agencies to deal with homelessness. Pastor Lester would, calling uh, a gospel mission, love to have uh, a little deposit of money like that from, from someone like, how awesome is that? And, and they call him a hands-off philanthrop- philanthropist, however you say that. Uh, basically, he's like, here, I don't want to control it. I, I believe in what you're doing. Go crazy. Be careful. And so to 24 different agencies, almost $100 million. Just recently, in 2020, he committed $10 billion to fight climate change. I don't know how you do that, but, 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 but they'll figure out a way, I'm sure, and, and, and so he's committed this $10 billion to do it, and and then and, and we might say, man, he's so generous, that's awesome, that's so good to see. He's also being criticized for being stingy, because in the Australian wildfires that just recently came, he was criticized because he only gave 690000 to the causes there to help rescue animals or something. People say, cheapskate, but a cheapskate. Now, one thing that I could not find this week is Jeff Bezos, one thing he, he isn't doing is, is that he is not giving money or pumping any of his resources to eBay or Craigslist or Walmart or Costco online, or, or he's not giving any money to, to Netflix or to um, um, or to any other streaming kind of things, not to Apple Music or to anything with Apple TV or anything like that. Why Why? why is he not giving money there? Because that's his competition. He's not going to give money to his competition. That would be crazy. His generosity flows to his own interests and to his own pursuits. Where his heart is, that's where he's going to give, and that's what he's going to do. His passions get his bottom line. Now, he may be super wealthy, super generous, But compared to God and the riches of our great God, he's a pauper and he's a hoarder. He's holding on to so much and he is not very rich when it comes to God. You see, God, who is rich in his mercy, the God who is generous, has pointed his love towards people who hate him. He's pointed his love to people who are enemies against him, people who have rebelled and ignored against this great and this mighty, loving, generous God. We've, in a sense, given him the cold shoulder, and even to some, they've given him the middle finger. They've rejected, and and he's turned his love towards us. His response when we reject him is one of pursuits, yet still. Yet God's response in sending Jesus was not to condemn this world, but to save it. For God so loved the world that he gave his son. The giving is God sending his son to earth on a mission to die. The giving is God the Father saying to his son, I have enemies who deserve to die. They deserve to perish. And I want you to go down, and I want you to die in their place, and take their punishment so they can be reconciled to me and have eternal life. God's response to our sin and to our rebellion is not to condemn or destroy, but to give. And that's why what makes John 3.16 so precious, precious because it describes the way God is acting to rescue us from this sinful condition. Romans chapter 8, verse 3, I believe that's going to be on the screen. It says, for God has done what the law, meaning all of our attempts at good works, all of our attempts to please God, all of what the law was weakened by flesh could not do. By sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin. He condemns sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not according to the flesh, but now according to the Spirit. No one, no one, not even Nicodemus could obey the law perfectly in the way that God's way demands. Could not do enough good to earn salvation. Not enough to get to heaven. The generosity of God is found in the sending of the Son who comes to earth, the Son, God the Son comes to this earth, puts on flesh, born of a virgin, comes to earth, fully God, fully man. We see little demonstrations of his power as he calms the sea, as he feeds the masses, as he speaks and curses to a fig tree and it dies because he's God, he's creator, he's sustainer of all things. That's the generosity of God. He came to this earth, sending his Son And then he died on the cross fulfilling the righteous requirements of the law that someone had to pay, someone innocent had to pay for sin. And he dies that substitutionary death on the cross that we will celebrate and remember with somber and sadness and yet joy bubbling a little in our heart on Good Friday. As we read and go through the account of what Christ has done for us at the cross, how he died the death that we deserve. He died in our place. Think about this. Jesus, God in the flesh, comes to earth. Creator God comes to earth. Sustainer God comes to earth. Walking the face of the earth that he created. Crucified on a cross. Now this just blows, just blew me away when, when I read this this week and I just had to share it with you. The trees the wood that was used for the cross that, put Je- that Jesus hung on, the nails that held him there, the saliva that was spit upon him by his enemies, the oxygen in the lungs of people who hated him and mocked him and yelled at him, crucify him, was all from him as creator. He provided that all for them. And he died willingly, knowing in a moment, in a second, he could have just wiped any of them out. But he died willingly. Love so amazing, so divine. The Father gives his son, the son lays down his life in submission to God. And look what what Jesus said in John chapter 10, verse 18. It wasn't like Jesus was forced. It wasn't like you go down this earth and you do that, and no, I don't want to go. No, you're gone wasn't like that at all. Look at this. No one takes it from me. He's talking about his life. But I lay it down on my own accord. I have authority to lay it down. I have authority to take it up again. But this charge I've received from my father, a willing submission to whatever the father wanted, whatever the father asked, even though he could have said no. He said yes, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, and fourthly, The response, that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Underline that word, whosoever. That's an amazing word. It's not just for the nice, put-together, perfect people. It's for the broken. It's for the sinful. It's for the addicted. It's for the hurting, the depressed. For the murderer, for the person who has hurt and destroyed others in reputation or even physically. It's for people who understand their condition, though. They understand that they have sinned against a holy God in thought, in word, in actions and motives. And sin is anything that transgresses against God's law, and we're all guilty of it. We were born that way. We were born with that selfish, sinful bent. sin, And for people like Nicodemus, who realized that there was nothing that he could do, he couldn't earn or buy his way to heaven, to a relationship with God, it's an understanding that it is by only the mercy of God. Whosoever, it says, whoever, it's universal, all corners of the world, no matter the, the background, no matter what you've done, whosoever believes will not perish but will have eternal life. Jesus is saying, if you don't believe, you're in the process of perishing. It's either one or the other. Either you die with the wrath of God upon you, or you live eternally with him forever. Jesus is saying there are two categories of people, perishing and those who have eternal life. Saved people, condemned people. Heaven or hell. Jesus talked more about hell. I know it's not popular to talk about hell these days, but Jesus talked about it more than anyone else in the Bible. He said a lot about it. He described it as a place of weeping and gnashing of teeth, a lake of fire forever. I know that we don't like talking about this, but it's but it's a reality and we have to be blunt about it. And this is why it is the most important decision a person will ever make. And how do we respond? How do we respond? It's so simple. Even a child can respond. With a childlike faith, and it says, whoever believes, believes in what? Well, it's believing, it's understanding that Jesus is God in the flesh. What I've already said that he came to this earth, lived a perfect life, died on the cross for my sin, that my sin was an affront to God, and that he rose again in victory three days later, conquering sin and death. Guaranteeing our victory over sin and death. And that word believe, that's so important. Believe isn't more than just a head of inter, intellectual knowledge. It means to embrace, to receive something as, as true. And, and when a person believes, it means putting their trust in, putting our trust in the Lord and in what He has done. And when we do, it means that we're ready to do what He says. And so we see Jesus not only as Savior, but we see Him as Lord. We obey Him, we follow Him. It's not out of begrudging submission. We follow Him because of His mercy and His love. Look what it says whosoever believes will be forgiven, will be cleansed, will be reborn. Remade, spiritually alive, reconciled in an instant to God, adopted into his family forever. Nothing can take that away. Never abandoned, never forsaken, marked, sealed, filled with the Holy Spirit of Jesus is within the believer of Christ. He unites us, the Holy Spirit unites us together with Christ. The Holy Spirit gives us new desires, new passions, a new life, new hope, all brought to us by God the Holy Spirit. There is the Holy Spirit then grows and develops in the life of the believer. We grow and develop over time. And sometimes like fruit, it takes forever. But the fruit of the Spirit that we grow, we see God doing this work of love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. And this is all because God has generously given his love towards us, his extended his love towards us. And as a result of that, we are compelled, motivated, moved to extend his generosity and his love to others. A generosity of our time, of our treasure, of our talents, of our worship, of our work, of our walking with Christ. All of these things become gospel-fueled. It's because of what he has done, not because we're trying to earn away or to try to please God. It's because of what he has done. And Jesus said, you want to be great? You want to be great? You want to be great? Be a servant. And Jesus even told us he came to seek and to save and to serve, to give his life as a ransom for many. He gave himself willingly and faithfully and obediently, and that's what he calls us to do. So we have eternal life because of Christ dying in our place, and because of him we have this life and it cannot be taken away he has removed the greatest obstacle and supplies us with all that we need this morning i wonder do you have are you walking in are you living in the forgiveness and freedom of john 3:16 do you know what it means to have your sins forgiven are you free from the fear of death Does the wonder and awe of being so loved shape your relationships? You understand in a growing and in an ongoing way His great love, His great mercy, and we're compelled to also share that and extend it to even our enemies, to those who we find it so hard to love, and we all have a list of people like that, don't we? He gives us the strength, not within ourselves, But that word believe means we cling to, we entrust to, we are receiving him as our Lord and our Savior. And when that happens, he strengthens, he empowers us. We get so focused and so worked up on on so many silly things, don't we? And yet it says in Colossians 3, we read this in the Fuel Up prayer time this morning. It says, if you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on the earth. And we get so focused, we get so worked up, and even the word constipated at times over the things that happen in this, this world, it causes us to lose our sleep. It causes us to lose joy, and we become so... We're like thermometers that go up and down, up and down, kind of like the, the weather in, in, in the prairies right now. I mean, it's just going up and down, up and down like this from, I think our daughter was saying it, it was like minus uh, 18 in Calgary this morning, and by Tuesday it's supposed to be plus 14, it's just this and that. With Christ as our life, Christ as our focus, it is with Christ in us, we're not this thermometer. We're more of a thermostat moving on a slightly upward bent, further and further, they become more and more like Christ. We're trending upwards, heavenwards, because our life isn't made up of what exists here on this earth, and we make it about our bank accounts, about our cars, about all these different things, but if we have been raised with Christ, we're strangers, we are aliens in this world, if we've been raised with Christ, then get your eyes on the things that are Above the things that are in heaven, for you have already died. This world is not your home. This world means nothing in light of eternity. Our old sin nature, our old self nature, it's dead, it's gone as we surrender it to him. Now we're going to still fight with degrees of sin in our lives, but trust that over time we're making progress in that area as well. Our lives are hidden with Christ. The picture of, of a mother just holding on to her baby, or, or, or maybe it's a bird having, their, having its wing over its young. Our lives are hidden with Christ in God. And then when he appears, we will appear with him in glory. It's pretty neat. Last uh, Sunday before that um, run uh, that some of us went on, run, walk, crawl, and uh, uh, one thing you failed to say, Brett, is I raised the most money. I, I just thought that would be an important thing for you all to know. I had a few faithful supporters um, in that way. And uh, prior to that, my in-laws were visiting, and we made a road trip to Vernon. And we went and found, and it was quite interesting how we found it, we found Charlotte's great-grandparents who were buried in um, a cemetery in Vernon, and uh first time charlotte's parents had ever been out there first time we had been out there we're going through the snow got our shoes all wet it was kind of gross but it was amazing that we found these tombstones and my father-in-law he said these words he says wouldn't it be amazing to be here when christ returns and to see the rapture happen and to see those that were in Christ just come. Like, talk about some serious landscaping work that's going to have to be done. Hey, just, just out of the ground, just like frozen. Nothing means nothing. Been in there for who knows how long. Alive. The, the, the body joins with the, the, the spirit that is already there. Oh, What a reunion. How amazing that will be. When Christ, who is your life, appears, you will also appear with him in glory. You know what this actually means? And I say this carefully, I say it cautiously, it means no bad days. Because the worst has already been dealt with. Sin and death has been dealt with. It means we're going to have hard days. We're going to have gut-wrenching, difficult days where we're not even sure if we're going to make it through it. We're going to have things happen, seasons in our lives that are going to be so hard. And it's going to be hard to figure out. But God has defeated through his son Jesus, the worst of days. So that we don't have to endure the worst of days, the bad days, that we're going to struggle through the hard days and the hard seasons and even the hard years. But when God is ours and we are his, nothing can separate us from his love. We've been watching a beautiful and a heart-wrenching, sweet miracle taking place in the life of our dear friend, Carol. she was a founding member of our core group here, who in, the, in August moved to Calgary to be with her son and her three very active young grandsons. Her biggest passion and her biggest desire is that they would come to know Jesus. Not according to her plans, she was diagnosed with cancer in November. And some of you know this, but I'm saying this for the sake of those who are unaware. This week, she was transferred from hospital to hospice in Calgary. And as her dear friend, Sandra, who has been an angel to her in this season in her life, she texted Marla Lee and myself this week and said, this is Carol's final home here on Earth. I'm going to read you some text messages, and if you're not receiving this, I would encourage you to read your e-news and find out how you can be receiving these updates. We don't want to inundate her with a lot of text messages and so messages get sent and we've been sending them to you, to anyone who's interested. This was written on Tuesday. They are bringing me to my room tonight. Sandra has come and unloaded um, uh, unloaded a bunch of things. I've got a lot of stuff to unload. She's, Sandra's brought pictures and a lot of things that are dear to Carol. So I'm going to save my energy. I don't know Much about this place yet, but I will find out Kelly her son who lives here in Kelowna is on his way early in the morning This was a little later. They made me a nice snack when I arrived a wonderful egg salad sandwich She knew I would enjoy that and some digestive cookies and a banana didn't have the banana I did not want to ruin my appetite for supper at 530 a little later a great doctor this was on Wednesday. A great doctor who got me here at the hospice visited me for an hour last night. What a dear man. Talked about many things and, told, and I told him, I have peace and no fear because I know I'm going to be with Jesus. God is so good. More than I ever have ever anticipated. He said he has never seen anyone that has peace and love and inspiration and encouragement like me. He said, I'm unique, but this is totally the Holy Spirit working on me. I have happiness. Go figure. How is that possible? Is it drugs? Is it drugs induced? Kind of like, no. That's the power of the Holy Spirit. Someone who is in Christ. And Christ was before and it continues to be her life. Then on Friday, I'm doing great, had such a wonderful visit with Kelly, and was able to spend time with him and Clint and the boys. Clint took the day off work and the kids were with them. Kelly is coming back early in the morning. I spoke to him again about walking in heaven with me. And I asked him to continue to contact you. And he said he would, praise God. I just had the most amazing conversation with Marla Lee. In in the way that it was first read, I kind of thought Marla Lee was tied into this. It says, but I've been overdoing it. I thought the conversation with Marla Lee caused her to overdo it, as some of you might agree. Uh, Just kidding, Marla Lee. Um, But I've been overdoing it with my arms, so I'm just going to lay low. Another text. I've been sitting in the most comfortable wheelchair. The manager and the people are like gold. There is nothing I need. There's nothing I don't like here. I'm doing well. A little later. The boys are here today. They asked about my hair because half my head is almost bald, but I said to them it'll grow back and they're fine with that. It's nice, it was nice to see them. We had tea with cookies. They were a big hit around here. Miss you and love you lots. Take great care. And then Sandra wrote this later on Friday. She said her breathing is becoming a little bit more of a struggle. I don't think she realizes this. Her feet and ankles are quite swollen today. But she's really enjoyed her visits with Kelly, and she longs for him to give his life to Jesus. You see, when we believe, when we receive, when we embrace personally the life of Christ personally, and he is our Lord and our Savior, we can honestly and we can all agree that when Christ is our life, appears there, then we will be with him in glory let's pray together Lord we thank you for this amazing truth we thank you that out of your generosity you sent your son who came willingly and gave his life as a ransom for for many sadly it doesn't say he gave his life for a ransom for all because there are those sadly even quite possibly today who hear this message and will reject the offer of salvation but would each person know that this offer extends to them the gospel call is for them god has arranged for them to hear this message would they respond in believing in just the way that we are to call out to you and believe in what you have done and confess our sin our fallenness before you and ask for your forgiveness and call you to be our savior and our lord that's all that it is is believing in that way that we will have eternal life and lord i pray that this truth would motivate the unsaved to salvation today but that this truth would also motivate each one who are saved to be in awe of your goodness. And that we would see your glorious generosity, it would affect our lives, affect our worship, our walk with you, our work for you. That being able to work and serve you and serve others is a joy and not something that we just struggle to have to do because we just have to do it. Oh God, because of your generosity, would we be gloriously generous in our love, in our worship, in our praise, in our service for you.